0: This is Wellbeing Well Said, the podcast with me, Sarah Malouf. Join me as I chat with fitness gurus, business owners, wellness experts, and other inspiring individuals as together we dive in to what it means to live well. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. I'm excited for today's episode because this is a conversation Unlike any others that I've had on the podcast to date, and that is because we are specifically catering this conversation to those of you with kids, or maybe those who want children, or maybe you babysit you nanny, you have nieces, you have nephews, anyone who is wanting to help a child live in a more healthy way. I do not have kids as you may or may not know, but I'm at the age where a lot of my friends are starting to have kids. And this is a conversation that people are having. How do I get my kids to eat fruits and vegetables? How do I have a healthy child? How do I feed them and feed myself and, you know, make it all work and make us all live a balanced life. Right. So I brought in an expert, a mom of two, Sarah Eklund. she has the clean plate mama, blog and Instagram, which I love the name. She's a recipe developer, food photographer, and lover of clean food. Clean plate mama was born out of her passion for health and wellness and making amazing foods from real food ingredients. She loves taking everyday recipes, childhood favorites, and any new ideas she can think of and puts a clean food twist on them. She says her goal is to share healthy recipes made from real foods that are easy to make, as well as share insights on how to navigate our overly processed food world. And I got specific on that last point there. I was like, okay, walk with me through a grocery store. What are you looking for? What are you looking to avoid? What do your kids eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? We got really specific and she gave some good tangible advice and takeaways. So again, if you have kids and you want them to eat in a healthy manner, if you're wanting kids in the future, or if you just have kids in your life and you're you're trying to just think, what can I do to better their health and long-term better their lives? This conversation is a great place to start. I linked her blog, her Instagram, everything in the show notes, because she has great resources and recipes, highly recommend checking those out for inspiration. And also a few other resources that she sent me for those of you who want to dive deeper. So Sarah, thank you for being here. This was a great conversation. I know in the future, should I have children, I'll be going back and replaying and taking notes yet again. So with that being said, here is the clean plate mama. Enjoy. All right. I'm here with Sarah Eklund, AKA clean plate mama. And I assume clean plate mama is a little bit of a play on words And I wanted you to break down your brand name for us by telling us a little bit about yourself and your business.
1: Yeah. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, So yeah, Clean Plate Mama, like you said, it is a play on words. When I was kind of thinking about all the things I wanted for my brand, um, you know, I wanted to really you know, my passion is real whole foods, clean eating. And yeah, you think of when we grew up, we were always or where I when I grew up, it was like, Oh, if you're part of the clean plate club, it meant you ate all of your food, you know, I was like, yeah, <laughs> part of the clean plate club. So I was like, Oh, what if I put a spin on that and clean plate, meaning is all the food on your plate clean? So whether or not you eat it all, but is the food you're eating real whole nutrient dense food? Is it quote unquote clean? So that's why I kind of went with the plan and did clean plate mama.
0: It's such a great name. And how many kids do you have?
1: Oh, yeah. um, I have two kids, two daughters. They are nine and seven. And so, yeah, my um, kind of the history behind that, I've always been into healthy eating, you know, probably 15 or so years ago, 20 years, it was, I was on the like fad things of low fat, you know, low calorie. I always thought I was really healthy by buying low fat wheat thins or low fat ice cream, you know? And once my daughter was born, I, my first daughter, I don't know what kind of sparked the the interest in me, but I really became interested in the foods that we're eating, how they are made, how they reach our plate, what is in them. Um, And my first kind of venture into clean eating is I just started making all my daughter's baby food I just I didn't like the options on the shelf and I wanted something that was made in my kitchen and that I could provide her with that came fresh and not that was sitting on a shelf for however long and there are some really good options out there now so I'm not saying that buying shelf baby food is a bad thing but I just made it all in my kitchen and she ate what we ate I pureed foods I sent her food to daycare and I was also really inspired by um Lisa leaks of a hundred days of real food. If you've ever heard of her, um, really inspired by her and her whole, um, challenge to just eat real food. And that kind of what
0: brought me into that and where I am today. It's like your intuition kicked in and you felt like that's what you needed to do to take the best care of your child huh. before you had kids. Did you expect to be in this boat or, cause I just, am, let me back up. I remember growing up and I even see it now with a lot of my friends and I'm not trying to dog them at all, but a lot of the times it's like, we as adults eat this one way, and then we'll let our kids eat this other way. You know, maybe the parents are eating salad and chicken and veggies, and then they're like giving the kids fried fish sticks and pudding and whatever else. And I was actually listening to it. It's funny timing. Cause I was listening to another podcast interview earlier today. And it was kind of the, the girl being interviewed was like, is that really fair that I'm going to treat my body one way and feed myself one way and then give my kids a par, you know what I mean? And it's also like when, as adults, we've felt the difference. Once we eat clean versus when we don't, you actually physically feel different. You think differently. And so it's like, it's not really fair to my kids to not give them that same advantage. And then what if let's flip it? What if that's all they know is feeling good because they eat really well, you know? And I just thought that was interesting So that was a little bit of a tangent, but yeah. Did you always expect or ever expect yourself to be doing things like making your own baby food and feeding your kids, but you eat, I mean, how did that, like, how did that transfer over into your reality? Yeah. Good
1: question. A little bit going into having kids, not so much making my own baby food, but I always thought I'm not going to be the mom that gives my kids separate food. Like I read a book called bringing up baby which is a French woman or an American woman that raises a family in France. She meets a French man, raises their kids there. Um, and it's all about how kids, not all though, but a big part of it is like kids eat what adults eat. There are no kids many, there is no kids food. It's like, they just eat the food that everybody else eats. So I always said, my kids are gonna be, we're not gonna make separate meals for my kids, we're, which sometimes I do, like I will admit it, like I'm not, you know, it's not perfect, but yeah, no, I always kind of knew going into it. Like, no, I want my kids to eat what we eat. I don't want them living off fried food and French fries. They need to nourish their bodies the same way we nourish ours. So a little bit, I've probably come further than I thought I was going to, but yes, a little bit going into it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Okay. So when I pulled my, pulled my audience on Instagram I had over a hundred people vote, and it was literally 50, 50 on having kids versus not having kids from my audience, but I can only assume that a lot of us in the don't have kids yet category are just not there yet. We might want to have children in the future. So also at the phase of life I'm in most, all of my friends who have kids are raising toddlers or babies, and they're also working moms. And so they're in this in-between of, Hey, yes, that sounds great. I really do want to take good care of my kids in the sense of picking out nutritious foods for them. But I'm like so busy because I'm working and I'm just trying to get them to daycare with the nanny or whatever I do rushing in and out the door. So, uh, let's go through this like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Are there ways that you meal prep or plan ahead to make it as easy as possible when throwing these meals together for your kids? And if so, I want to know like what you're giving them for breakfast, what you're giving them for lunch, dinner, and just some ideas, tangible takeaways here.
1: Yeah, for sure. So breakfast actually breakfast is a lot easier than I think a lot of people think it is, um, I love to bake. And so I do a lot of like on a Sunday. So it does require a little bit of food prep. Um, but when I food prep, I make a lot of what I make. So for breakfast, we'll do, I have a recipe for breakfast cookies. There's no added sugar. Mm. In. Oats, bananas, almond flour, and flax seeds. Um, I do put chocolate chips in them for my kids, but you could put nuts in them. You can put coconut in them. You can put any sort of add-ins. We'll make a double batch of those, store them in the freezer. And for breakfast, you can have a breakfast cookie, hard-boiled egg, and some fruit. I mean, it takes no time to prep, and it is a well-rounded, nutritious breakfast to start your day. Um, I make homemade pancakes, so we'll make pancakes and freeze a bunch in the freezer. Um, even my kids, luckily, they like eggs, so scrambled eggs and fruit and a piece of like organic whole grain toast.
0: What are in the? What do you put in the pancakes?
1: um either I'm personally gluten-free so my kids eat gluten-free um so I make them out of oat flour so it's like oat flour and then all your it's essentially a normal pancake recipe but I use oat flour and then I sweeten it with a little bit of maple syrup so it's naturally sweetened um minimally um we'll put nut butters on them, peanut butter I mean, yes, we put maple syrup on it. Um, and then I always try to add a protein with breakfast or hard boiled egg, um, or scrambled eggs, or even simply like a beef stick. Like my kids actually really like beef sticks. So whether it's a Turkey stick or a beef stick, like that's easy to throw in for a protein option in the morning.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And nowadays you even, I have them in my fridge right now. You buy, you can buy a hard boiled eggs already boiled. (laughs) Like if you even want to cut down on time (laughs) even more. Yeah. I like the idea of, batching and then freezing. That sounds like much easier than on a Tuesday morning at 6am trying to whip this all together.
1: Percent or baked oatmeal. We, my whole family, we love baked oatmeal. I have a chocolate baked oats, tastes like brownies and it's oats, flax seeds, um, all like
0: real nutritious ingredients. So
1: yeah, but it is like batching and freezing it. So you have something easy to grab from the freezer in the morning to throw on their plate.
0: I'm asking this out of genuine curiosity and no idea what the answer is. And it may be a dumb question, but are there any ingredients? I know we're talking about flaxseed and chia is another ingredient that comes to mind when I'm thinking of making like waffles, pancakes, et cetera. Are there any ingredients that are maybe not great for, or just simply harder to digest before a certain age in children? I mean, obviously once they're eating real whole foods, of course, solid foods, once they're past that phase, is there anything that you should kind of avoid on a tiny tummy?
1: (laughs) not to my knowledge. The only thing I know is honey. Like up until the age one, you should not eat honey unless it's cooked in something. It breaks it down differently. But up until the age one, you should not have raw honey. Other than that, to my knowledge, it's an even playing field, anything and everything, as long as your kid enjoys it. Yeah. And I don't believe in holding back on anything either. The the earlier you introduce foods, the more likely it is that they're going to enjoy them and like them long-term instead of thinking, oh, I should wait till they're three to give them this or four. Um, No, I think once they're eating solid foods, other than honey, everything is okay to give
0: kids. I didn't know that about honey. Do you know why that is? I don't know
1: the reason, but there's something about raw honey up until the age one. And I don't know if kids have a reaction to it or if it's hard to digest. I don't know the reason. I just know up until age one, you should not give your kids honey.
0: Well, that's good to know for the future. (laughs) Before we move on to lunch, I did want to ask too, your kids, you said that they, you eat, you avoid gluten. So they avoid gluten. Correct. Is there anything else that your kids just like, do not eat or consume? If they, do they eat dairy? Do they eat refined sugar ever? Like, is there anything else that's totally off limits?
1: Um, I wish I could say refined sugar is (laughs) off limits, but They're nine and seven and live in the real world. So in our house, we don't have a lot of refined sugar um, or like food dyes. We don't keep like cookies and, um, you know, there's no Oreos or any of that stuff in our house. Um, We try to have all whole grains in our house. So no um, white bread. We try to do mostly organic, any organic grains in our house. It's a little more constricted, but when we go out, I let them be kids and yes, they We'll go out and have ice cream, and they'll trick or treat and eat skittles and all the things.
0: But I think you have to, though, right, Sarah? I mean, it's yeah. kind of like the kid who you maybe knew growing growing up who was so incredibly sheltered, like to an extreme, and then they got to college and just went buck wild. I feel like that can be with anything addictive, and sugar is one of them. And if you had, if your kid never, ever, ever saw sugar, and then went to a friend's house when whatever age, and just like found it for the first time, it'd be like a drug. Like, Oh my gosh, I have to have more of this, more of this, more of this, and it could go the other way. And so I think that's great. Just like live in that balance and quote real world. Like you said, I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. Okay. So what about lunch? We talked about breakfast and especially kids who are moms who send their kids to daycare or school and are packing lunches. I think this would be, I got this asked, asked this a couple of times on Instagram something challenging when you're trying to get that ready to go before you're walking out the door for work. So what do you give your kids for lunch?
1: I am a huge fan of snack plates for lunch. So, um, both for packing for school, I pack my kids' lunches every day. Um, you know, you don't have to overthink it. Like think of the snacks they like that are, I always want to make sure there's a protein, hopefully a healthy fat. It's harder for my kids to eat healthy fats, but they like nuts and seeds. Um, so a healthy fat, a fruit and a veggie. So super easy Um, I will make a homemade lunchable with organic crackers, a beef stick, a cheese stick, fruits and veggies. Um, My kids really like rice cakes, brown rice cakes. So I'll spread peanut butter on rice cakes and make a little sandwich out of rice cakes and do a cheese stick on the side um, with fruits and veggies or um, adding in like pistachios or almonds or cashews. If your kids will eat those, my kids like cashews and pistachios. Um, Sometimes I'll leave them um, make like a little bark with chocolate, like Hue. like I don't know if you know the brand Hue, but their mm-hmm. chocolates are fine sugar-free. So we'll make little like nut bark with melted chocolate, let it sit with the nuts in it to get them to eat the nuts and have like a little, you know, treat in their lunch, but they're getting the nuts in there. Um homemade muffins. So, like I said, I'm a baker's, so I love baking. So instead of a sandwich, make a homemade muffin out of whole grain flour or out of oat flour and oats. Um, minimally sweetened with honey or maple syrup, and I'll do a muffin instead of a sandwich. So even if you're going out the door, you don't even have to make a sandwich. Grab a muffin from the freezer or from the fridge if you have them for the week. Throw in a fruit and a veggie and a hard-boiled egg or a beef stick or a cheese stick for a protein, and you have lunch. So I'm a huge fan of just grabbing small things. I know my kids will eat that are all nutritious. We'll make energy balls. I'll throw energy balls in there. Um, I do have on my Instagram account a story highlight with all the lunches I make for my kids. I'll post them in my stories and then I add them to my highlights. So, for anyone listening, if you want some ideas of what that looks like, check out my story highlights.
0: Yes, Clean Plate Mama. Um, when you said veggies in the lunch, are we talking like raw broccoli or are you putting a little side salad? I mean, what kind of vegetables are your kids eating?
1: Kids, <laughs> fortunately, really like raw veggies. Um, they have- up like um frozen peas and carrots, like a frozen pea and carrot mix. So if you don't have time to chop up veggies or you miss, you know, Sunday chopping up veggies in your fridge, like grab a bag of frozen veggies, peas and carrots, or something you know they like. Um, one of my daughters will eat salad, like a big, huge salad, but usually I make them the same. So I'm making two of them. I'm not gonna make one different than the other. It's just easier. But my kids love raw veggies, so um bell peppers, carrots, cucumbers, cauliflower, pea pods. Um, so I'm fortunate in that way that. I can throw in tons of raw veggies of different kinds and they'll eat
0: them. So, Mm -hmm. okay. What about dinner? Do you all eat as a family? Are we all eating the same thing here? What does dinner look like in your house?
1: Dinner's like 50, 50. Yes. I mean, we're obviously they're busy kids. Are we all eating together every night? Not always, but I'm a huge proponent of, um, Making everything a double batch. So when I make something, I have some a whole thing to either freeze for another night or just to eat throughout the week, either for dinner again or for me for a lunch. So, um, and easy things too. Like we'll make one pan like fajitas, like throw the chicken and the peppers on a pan and bake it and do what you want with it. Like my kids will eat the taco. My husband and I will make like a fajita salad or whatever, we can find something to do with that one pan meal or a one dish pasta. Like there's so many recipes for 30 minutes where you put everything in one pot and it's ready in 30 minutes. Um, There are some things where I have to make somewhat separate for my kids, like chilies. They don't like the food mixed together, but I'll keep, they'll eat the chicken and the beef. So I'll keep some of that separate before I make the meal so they can have like the chicken and the corn and some veggies separate because they won't really eat it all mixed together yet. But Um, but there's tons of easy things. Like I said, the sheet pan meals, the one pot pastas, um, even as simple as just baking up some chicken and throwing a salad on the side. Um, and like I said, if it is something that does require a little more work, try to double it. You're already doing the work. So just make two of it and freeze it or eat it later on in the week.
0: You mentioned the chili and your kids not liking stuff mixed together, which brings me to an interesting question that I got on Instagram and they, this person asked, she has a toddler who is weird with textures. And I feel like that's, I could, I could get that. I mean, even me, there's some foods that I don't like as an adult. And I think it's a texture thing. Are there any ways that maybe you can sneak in certain foods, like specifically vegetables and fruits and things like that, that might have a funny texture or might like just look funny to a kid. I don't know if you make any like look like chicken nuggets, but really have a bunch of veggies in them or anything like that? Any tips and tricks there?
1: Yeah. You know, I think every kid's different in that aspect, but I think if it is like a texture thing, one thing I think works well is even trying like how you serve it. So if it's, um, for example, like something slimy, like a banana or an avocado, um, you know, cut it differently, or maybe drizzle. If it's a banana drizzle, some peanut butter on it, have them eat it with a fork instead of like eating it as a whole banana. Um, I've also heard people taking something that is a little more slimy like that and rolling it in hemp seeds or chia seeds to, so the external texture is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Try to get creative with like how you present the food. Um, I know another thing is just like, Cutting things really, really, really small. So you almost miss the texture of it because it's so small. Um, for like breads, you can try crumbling it and like, or, you know, so it's not like a piece of bread, but crumbling it a little bit more or spread again, spreading peanut butter, maybe add something to it. If, you know, they really like peanut butter, but they're like, a, the bread's weird for them, like maybe try doing more peanut butter than the bread to try to get them to, you know, so I think it's kind of just playing around with can I add something to it? Can I cut it a different way? Can I cut it really, really small? Um, And I think it's just, you know, be patient too. Like, I think they say like up to five is when kids start to kind of outgrow that texture phase typically. So it's be patient with it too, I think.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I look back when I was a kid and some of my favorite foods now, I didn't like then. I mean, I was so weird when I was in elementary school. I remember I didn't want mustard and I didn't want cheese on my turkey sandwich. Now I'm like, I only want mustard if I'm going to make a sandwich on it and I could eat a block of cheese a day, probably. I mean, it's just funny how your taste buds change. So as far as introducing and then reintroducing maybe food, like, I don't know, your kids clearly eat so well, but I can only imagine that. Some of the first didn't go as well, you know, they might have not like something initially, or they've grown to like it or something they used to love is just kind of eh to them now. So what, as a mom, would you, what kind of advice would you give as far as, well, you know, someone saying, I, I tried that it didn't work. They hated it. You know, is there a certain period of time to wait? Is there, is it maybe a thing like you're saying, change the texture somehow, any advice for getting kids to eat something they didn't initially like? I it's just continue to
1: reintroduce it. Like, for example, my kids used to love salmon. It's like, great, I've got a three and a five-year-old that eats salmon. This is amazing, you know, and now neither one of them will touch it. So, I, you know, so when I make salmon, it's like, I'll just give them a little bit on their plate and say, you don't have to love it. Like, just have a bite, try it. And in that situation, I will make them something different for dinner because I know they're not going to eat like a huge salmon filet when we eat it. Um, you know, another thing I heard from a friend is to say, you know, you don't always have to love everything you're eating. You know, it doesn't have to always be like your favorite meal, but so I think the biggest thing is keeping the foods introducing, reintroducing the foods to them. Even if, you know, they don't like it, put a little bit on their plate, always put something on their plate. They do like, but just keep those foods coming that they don't like. Um, my older daughter, for example, she used to went through. Three years where she didn't like spaghetti. And the other day I made like a baked um, spaghetti dish and I was like, why don't you just try it? Like, just try a couple noodles, and she had it. And she's like, oh, "I really like this." And I was like, "Okay, yes, you know." So it's like I wouldn't have known that. I was like, "Just try it again," and it had probably been a couple of years since she had eaten that. And it's like, "All right, great, you you like baked spaghetti again?"
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. that's a good point. Just the small bites, and not like forcing a whole plate on them, nope. but just saying, "Try this." Yep. And then I love how you balance it out with putting something on the plate that you know they like. You know, who wants to be a kid who gets a plate that's broccoli and you know, whatever else that you might not like traditionally as a kid. And then the whole plate is just filled with things you don't like. You're going to sit there and pout and eventually probably be sent to your room, but if it's just a bite or two, and then something else that, you know, they like, that makes perfect sense to kind of balance it and get their taste buds acquired to new or just old, different kind of taste. Um, you
1: parents or caretakers as well. Instead of sitting there with a plate of food, you know, they're not going to eat and telling them you have to eat this, or you can't leave, or you can't have anything else to eat tonight. If you don't finish your dinner, it's stressful for the parents too. And it's, there's a balance. It's like, well, why have all that stress? if I know I just give them a little bit of what they don't like and more of what they do like just to get through dinner time, let them have it, but still have them taste and eat at least a little bit of what we're eating for dinner on those nights where they don't eat the same thing as us.
0: Yeah. Okay. So back circling way back, but this ties everything together. And I'm really interested to hear, hear what you have to say about this. My family and I joke because growing up, we did like a lot of kids, the nineties had the clean plate award thing where you had to eat everything on your plate and you got a quarter or whatever it was. And My sisters and I joke that it's kind of played psychological games on us because now as adults, we feel sometimes the need to finish our plate, even when we're satisfied. And I honestly think there's some truth to that. You know, like it's somewhere ingrained in our subconscious memory that you have to eat everything. You don't want food to go to waste, whatever it is that you've been told. And there's some truth to that. I'm not saying you should be throwing out full meals into your trash can. You know, I believe in leftovers or whatever, but Is that a practice, the clean plate award, something that you implement in your household? And I would love to know why or why not.
1: No, we don't. Um, If I don't feel like my kids probably ate a substantial amount of their plate, I will save it for later. Um, And substantial, like I know you had a decent amount of protein, you had a decent amount of vegetables something at least enough of whole real foods that I feel like is what you should be eating for dinner. So if they're like, I'm full, I'm not hungry, or I just ate a snack at a friend's house and it's like, okay, well, I will save this, put it in the fridge. And if you decide you're hungry later or need something before bed, you can eat this. Um, You can finish your dinner. If it's a little bit left on their plate and I know they like ate a decent amount of food, yeah, we'll throw some of it away. Um, I had a... Um, I don't know if it was a podcast I listened to or what, and it's, it was said you're either going to, for when it's not, when they've eaten a decent amount, they just have a little bit left over. It's like, you're either going to waste it in the garbage. Or you're going to waste it in your body. So, and I think it more went for like adults, like where you feel like, oh, I need to eat all this food that's on my plate. And it's like, well, if your body doesn't need it and it's telling you you're full, but you keep eating it, you're either going to waste it in your body or you're going to waste it in the garbage. And I was like, that's kind of a good way to look at it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And because I'm not a parent again, no idea how to handle this but what about when your kids claim they're full and that's why they don't want to eat, but then really they just don't want the food on their plate. And then 20, 30 minutes later though, they're suddenly not so full and they want dessert. (laughs) What, you know, what does that look like? I mean, what are your thoughts on desserts and kit with kids? I mean, do your kids eat dessert regularly? Are there kind of rules and regulations around sweets in your house? What does that look like?
1: Yeah. Um, good question. So going back to, if I didn't feel like they ate like a decent dinner say we got rid of their plates and there wasn't anything left and they were like I'm hungry it's 30 minutes later 30 minutes later regardless I'm like well then you didn't eat enough dinner if you're hungry 30 minutes later so I say grab a cheese stick grab a beef stick grab a piece of toast and butter or peanut butter grab a fruit or a veggie like you're not going to have a granola bar or um a bunch of crackers 30 minutes after you ate dinner um but yes going to the dessert thing we definitely indulge in dessert we don't keep a lot in our house i would say in the summertime we do more just because it's summer and kids are like oh a popsicle we're outside i want a freezy um but i'll buy you know better for you popsicles that are made with you know just fruit juice and no dyes and no added sugar and um we don't keep a lot of like big desserty things in our house like i said like oreos or cakes or cookies or anything like that but when we go out absolutely like if we're out we're like let's go out for ice cream do you want to you know, stop and get a donut or something, you know, for sure. Like I don't keep them from um, indulging in dessert, but I try to, I try to limit it as, you know, not so it's it's not a daily thing for sure. It's not every day they get a treat. Um, So I do try to limit it, but it's definitely something we definitely indulge in.
0: Mm -hmm. And it sounds to me like you still associate hunger and being hungry with the foods that are actually going to keep you satisfied. So if, if your kid wasn't hungry and then miraculously is hungry again, and you know that it's for a sweet, well, you're like, okay, here, eat this. That's actually going to satisfy you a protein, a healthy fat, something that's really going to satisfy your hunger and then see where we're at, because that makes a lot more sense than, you know, of course, a popsicle sounds delicious, but is it going to fill you up? No. (laughs) So,
1: you know, I try to like educate them too as much as I can like with the why so I don't sound like this overbearing mother like no you only only can eat this it's like no this is why like I want you to eat a protein or fruit or a veggie because I want you to fill your belly like you want to eat the treat that's great that just tastes good that's not going to help fill you it's not going to help you feel satisfied like there are reasons we eat you know the proteins and the fats and the veggies to nourish our bodies to feel full and then we can enjoy balance it out with this, you know, we have to eat that so we can enjoy the sweet things that taste good because we need to be able to nourish our body first, and then we can indulge and have our sweets.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So you've talked about some things that your kids like beef sticks, cheese sticks, you've mentioned crackers and hue chocolate and different things that are packaged. And so of course we all try to eat as many whole foods as possible, feeding our kids as many whole foods as possible. But reality is there are going to be times where you need to get things from the grocery store that are packaged are there any specific ingredients you really try to avoid when looking at labels specifically for feeding your children? And once you answer that, I want to know what brands you do like that are free of those things you try to avoid.
1: Yes. So the one thing I, I look at a lot of is the added sugar. So before I get into ingredients, the only thing I look at on the nutrition label is the added sugar. Um, I try to keep the added sugars to around five grams per serving. Sometimes that's really hard with packaged food, especially granola bars, they're usually more like seven to nine, um, which I'll still buy it, but it's kind of like a rule of thumb, like if you can keep your added sugars to about five, that's, you know, a better for you option. Um, As far as ingredients, the less amount of ingredients, the better, um, the less amount of ingredients, the less processed it is. Um, so I do look at the amount of ingredients and sometimes, even if it's organic, organic does not equal healthy. And so if mm. I turn over an organic snack and there's 30 ingredients in it, it's like an immediate, no. Um, unless we're like on the run is like, you got to eat, you know, but something to keep in our house. No, it's just, you know, if there's that many ingredients in it, it is highly preserved chemicals that you can't pronounce. Um, There are some that are big no-nos. There's like BHT, which is a preservative, um, which is not, it's not allowed in organic foods. So there, it is good knowing, even if you are going to buy a packaged snack, if it's organic, there are some like worse for you additives that aren't allowed in organic foods, which is good. Um, But like I said, I really look at the amount of added sugar, just the number of ingredients, and then really going back to the basics of can I pronounce all these? Like, could I make this in my kitchen myself? Like if I had all the time in the world, could I buy each of these ingredients and make this? And if that's a yes, even if it's 12 ingredients and I'm like score, this is a perfect package food.
0: Yeah. And that even goes for adults. I do the same when I'm trying to buy stuff for our house, especially what you said about if you can't pronounce it, that's probably a bad sign. If you can't (laughs) even pronounce it or know what it is, like you, why would you want it in your food? Right. So, okay, that also brings me to a question I got on Instagram when looking at packaged foods. What do you think about artificial coloring? Is that a big no-no to avoid? It's probably in a lot of kids' snacks and desserts, especially.
1: Yeah, I mean, in my personal opinion, yes, it is a no-no to avoid. Um, they're not allowed in organic foods, so that's good. So if you're buying a packaged snack or anything packaged, it cannot have artificial dyes in it. Um, but artificial dyes are everywhere. I mean, cereal, juices, they're in kids' medicine. I mean, kids' Tylenol, kids' ibuprofen, they're in our ibuprofen. If you ever looked at your ibuprofen, there's artificial dyes in it. And you can buy ones that don't have artificial dyes. But, um, you know, there's lots of studies out there that say that the artificial dyes have been linked to behavioral issues in children. And a lot of testimonies from parents saying, when I cut out dyes from my kid's diet, within two to four weeks, like I noticed a big shift. And I think it's also, not every kid reacts the same way to them. So I'm not saying if your kid eats a bunch of artificial dyes, they're gonna have behavioral issues. But um, if that is a concern of yours and you know your child does eat a lot of artificial dyes it's probably worth cutting them out um, at least for two to four weeks and reintroduce them to see Is your child's behavior different. Um, There's also some studies that say they can be carcinogenic, which means they cause cancer. Um, So I personally don't, we don't have anything at our house that contains artificial dyes unless like they get candy at like a parade or something, or it's like Halloween. Um, But yeah, I avoid them as much as I can.
0: This is, yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. This is just packed full of little nuggets. And whenever, if I have a child one day, I'm gonna have to go back and re-listen to all this and take, take some notes, but thank you for your time. I wind down every conversation with the same question. And that question is in your own words, Sarah, what does it mean to live well?
1: Oh, I love that question. It's so good. Um, big thing for me is just being present and it's so hard Like it's so hard to be present in the moment, but I try to remind myself all the time, like just be, just be in your moment. Don't think about what's next. Don't think about yesterday. Like just try to live in the moment that you're in, not trying to think about all the things on your to-do list. Um, And also just make time for the things that bring you joy. Um, You know, if it's for me, it's my emotional health, my physical health, my mental health, you know, make time for my friends, make time for just family time always make time for movement. Um, and anything else, just, I just spent some time this morning sitting on my porch, reading a book, even for a half an hour. It's like, I love that, you know, sitting in a porch on a sunny day and reading and, um, and that brings me joy. So just finding time for things that bring you joy.
0: I love that answer. And you're right. It is, is easier said than done sometimes, but it's a great reminder. Now, I know people listening, especially those who have kids, are like, okay, where can I find you and connect with you further? Get your tips and tricks. I want to see the lunch Instagram story. So, where can people find you?
1: Yeah. Um, on Instagram at Clean Plate Mama. Um, same for Pinterest, Clean Plate Mama. And I'm also on Facebook at Clean Plate Mama.
0: And your blog is also Clean Plate Clean Mama, Plate. right?
1: Yep. <laughs> Plate Mama. Um, I have a simple guide to real food for anyone looking to, um, read more about like, how do I start or what are some tips and tricks? Like, what are some things I can look at? So I have a whole guide on my blog as well. And then, yeah, a lot of info in my, um,
0: story highlights on Instagram. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me, Sarah.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Wellbeing Well Said, the podcast. If you liked what you heard and you would like to support me, it would mean so much if you would subscribe to the show, rate and review and spread the word. Tell your friends, tag me on Instagram, all the things that really does help me grow and helps me create more content that I can put out for you all.